I want to share three portions of Scripture this morning. Uh, I was up we were with a, a pastor last night, and obviously he's going out this morning to, to, to preach and all, and we got chatting about, you know, what we were going to preach on. And I, he says, I'm going to New Buildings in the morning, and I'm going to preach about nothing. He says, what? I says, I'm going to New Buildings in the morning, and I'm going to preach about nothing. And he says, a whole lot of boys preach like that. <laughs> preach like nothing. And he says, what do you mean you're going to preach like nothing? I says, you mean you come up and hear me? He says, I can't. You can come and preach at my church. And I told him, well, I was going to preach about nothing. And then I, I explained it. So I want to preach about nothing this morning. And don't start getting all thinking, well, this is going to be a good one. Uh, if he has nothing to say. Luke's Gospel. Sorry, not Luke's Gospel. Mark's Gospel. And uh, the chapter is Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. And this is a story about a man who could see nothing. A man who could see nothing. And then I want to talk about a man who could do nothing. And I want to talk about a man who could be nothing. And you're here this morning. And just open your heart and say, Lord, am I one of these people? Am I one of these people? In Mark's Gospel, chapter 8, and verse 22, here's what it says. Jesus cometh to Bethesda, and they bring a blind man unto him, and he besought him to touch him. And he took, him, he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw it. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, Jesus put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and he saw every man clearly. Here's a man who could see nothing. He has lost his vision. Now I've read into this a little bit deeper to find out because I love doing the parables. And as I read into this story, it appears to me from the commentators and from what I'm reading that this particular man at one point could see. Because whenever Jesus touches this man's eyes, he says to him, do you see anything? And the man says, I see men as trees walking. So how did he know what a tree looked like if he never saw it? How did he know what people looked like if he never saw it? In other words, this man has, has taken maybe glaucoma or maybe has got cataracts in his eyes. And now this man is blind. And, and I know exactly what that is in Africa because we do what we call cataract operations in Africa at our hospital. And cataract operations, people come in and they are totally and utterly blind. They can't see. They're so blinded with these big cataracts that you can actually see like clouds, like a big blue cloud or white cloud in the eye itself. And they're sucked out and a little lens is put in. In fact, we saw a little boy of only 12 years of age who had a cataract. Now you think, 12 years of age? I thought that too, and I, I asked the, the surgeon, I said, why would a 12-year-old have a cataract? He says, a cataract is often developed in the eye through trauma. And that little boy could have had an eye trauma. He could have been poked in his eye, and that cataract, appeared, that cataract developed. But I remember as I went in that morning, the next morning, 
<coughs> I watched the little boy getting his eye operation done. And the next morning I went in to see little Victor. Now there had been others that day had got their eye operation done. And they came and they stayed overnight in, at, at Tenwick Hospital. And the next morning whenever I went in, there was this lady who would have been maybe in her 40s, her 50s. And she had the bandage on her eyes. And they were removing them the next morning. And John, uh, John Powdrell was the man. Was it John? Sam Powdrell, John was the dad. Sam Powdrell was the man who performed the operations. From, he was a fellow from, from Britain and gone out to work in Kenya. And, and whenever they, they did, the, the nurses removed the bandages away from this lady, I'll never forget the scene. She looked and I, and I thought, is there something wrong? She said, wow. It's a miracle. Psalm, it's a miracle I can see. And I thought, there's a lady who had lost her sight. But now she's got it back through a little operation. Here's a man who's longing to get sight to see again. He wants the vision that he lost. Do you know, the church has lost her vision. Where there's no vision... Says Solomon, people perish. It's staggering the amount of people who are dying every hour and going out into hell. Jesus touches the man and he says, Can you see? He says, I just see men as trees. They're just like a blur moving around in the wind blowing. And Jesus touched him again. And he received his sight fully. The Greek word that's being used in here, and I wrote it down. I'm not going to pronounce the Greek word, but I'm going to give you the interpretation of the Greek word used. Restored to farmer glory. He had his eyesight restored. Do you remember when you got saved? The prayer beating was real. The Bible study was real. Church was real every Sunday morning and night. Reaching out to the lost was real. The passion was real. But the world came in and suddenly begins to dull us. We've lost the vision. The man who could see nothing until the Savior touched him the second time. Remember this morning you're here and you're saved. But you haven't got the vision of the lost. And God needs to touch you this morning for the second time. The man who could see nothing. Secondly, the man who could do nothing. The man who could do nothing. This man is found in the book of Luke's gospel chapter 16. Now, I'm not going to go in there and read it all because it's the story of the rich man and Lazarus. But you know, as you read that story of the rich man and Lazarus, you begin to realize that here's a man who could do nothing. Which man? The man who's rich. The man who dies and the man who goes to hell. He can do nothing. What does he want to do? Well, he wants to have a concern for the lost. But it's too late. He says to Abraham, he says, Father Abraham, I have five brothers. Send somebody to help them and tell them not to come here. 
Here's a man can do nothing about it. You see, he wants to pray, but he can't go to the prayer meeting anymore because he's lost his opportunity to get to the prayer meeting. He's lost it. You see, he died with his wealth thinking this is what life is all about. But suddenly he dies. And as he dies and he's buried, he begins to realize in hell, I have brothers who are coming here. He's concerned. I pray thee, Father Abraham, it's too late to pray. It's too late to get concerned. It's too late to think about the souls of men. It's too late. Time's gone. Time's over. You can't do anything about it, sir. Maybe to maybe this morning God needs to come again and challenge all our hearts to get real about lost souls. And not wait until we die and realize we could have prayed more for our children. Even though, yes, we're saved. Here's a man in hell who's, who's died without Christ. You know, as I thought about this man, and I thought of the way he wanted Abraham to go and help his brothers and tell them not to come here. This is an awful place. Please tell them, I pray thee, go and warn them. So I began to think. I began to think there's more concern in hell for the lost than there is on earth. The people in hell are concerned by those who are left behind. I remember talking to a lady one day, and she wasn't saved, and her husband had died, and she said, and he didn't have any religion. And I said, you know, it's a sad thing, but there's only two places. When she says that my husband's in hell, I want to go to hell too, because I loved him and I want to be with him. And I thought, isn't that awful? I said, if you could only hear your husband pray, She says, pray. He never prayed in his life. I said, he's praying now. Why would he be praying? I said, he's praying that you don't come to where he is. Because that's what my book says, the Bible. I've heard people say things like, you've you've heard it on the news, meatloaf has died. And the pictures that they're showing and the music that he's been singing... It looks like it has just come out of hell. And you know what they're saying? Some party in hell today. <laughs> Some party in hell. Whenever all them boys get together and all them stars get together. Some party in hell. No. Some prayers in hell. Go tell them not to come. Go tell them not to come here. Man who could see nothing. Man who could do nothing. Can I finish quickly? The man who could be nothing. He's found in the Gospel of Luke chapter 23. And in Luke chapter 23, he's called the dying thief. The dying thief. You see, there were two thieves. But I want to speak about the one who didn't get saved. I'm sorry, I want to speak about the one who got saved. You see, these two thieves both rebelled, and then one began to realize, I don't need to rebel, I need to repent. 
And he turned to the Lord and he asked the Lord basically to save him. He says, Lord, remember me when you come to your kingdom. Remember me, Jesus. Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. We would say he got saved on his dying moments. On the 11th hour, he cried to Jesus and was saved. But you know, one of the saddest things is he could be nothing for Jesus. He couldn't be anything. Because he went to paradise to be with Jesus. And he's lost every opportunity to tell others about Jesus. He's lost all his eternal rewards for serving Jesus. He can't serve him. He can't speak about him now to the world. He has lost everything. We've often heard it said, saved by the skin of his teeth. And you know, there's an awful lot of people who have that theology. Do you know what I've heard Christians say? As long as I get into heaven, I'll be happy. Well, I'm not happy about that. Because I just don't want to get into heaven. I want to get into heaven marching. And taking as many people with me. I see quotes at funerals. Mrs. Brown heard, welcome home, good and faithful servant. Mrs. Brown didn't go to the prayer meeting. Mrs. Brown didn't go to church every Sunday. Mrs. Brown wasn't concerned about the loss. Mrs. Brown felt I'm saved and that's all I need. Now I'm only picking that as a name. The man who could be nothing for Jesus. He could be nothing. God's mercy saved him but empty-handed he landed at glory. Must I go and empty-handed be Must I meet my Savior so? Not one soul with which to greet him must I empty-handed go. Am I happy just to get into heaven by the skin of my teeth? Well, I'm not. Because I don't want to meet Jesus like that. I want to be doing what Jesus wants me to do. I think when I quote this, I'm quoting from memory, from Bible school. But I think on one occasion, John Wesley was asked a question. If Jesus was coming tonight, what would you do, Mr. Wesley? To which he replied, I would keep going as I am. I'm doing all I can For Jesus. I'm doing all I can for Jesus. Could we say that? 
Is that our prayer this morning? Or do we need to come to the cross and come to the altar and say, Lord, I've lost the vision. I've lost it. Oh, the passion I once had is gone. Lord, I can't see. I can't see right. I am seeing people as trees walking. I see them mingling and moving around the towns and cities and on the airports and in the train stations, thousands and millions. But Lord, they're like trees walking. And I have no concern whether they live or die. Lord, put a burden on my heart. Open my vision and help me to be somebody for you while I'm still alive.